Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Mr. Mike Wood of Too Good Boxing and Fitness. Mike, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm not a lot. I'm blessed. Things are real good here. Just trying to get the gym going and uh, get some people in here. I'm excited to host this conversation and for the majority of the reason being that this is very, very new. You say trying to get this gym going. This is just a, a couple of weeks that we've been in the physical location, but Too Good Boxing has existed for quite some time before that. Why don't you kind of give us a little bit of background and history on when and how you started this business and this company to begin with? Oh, well, I guess probably about 13 years ago, my pastor at church had me start a boxing and exercise ministry at the church because he, he realized I was an ex-pro boxer and thought that'd be a good way to reach out to people and get them involved in church and, you know, get them physically fit as well. So we started that and, you know, it was going for months, months and a half, something like that. And then another gym, Eagle Gym, which is a powerlifting, bodybuilding gym, contacted me out of the blue and wanted me to come down and start uh, doing some private sessions for some guys looking to get into competing boxing. <clears throat> so I went down there and I started doing that for you know, maybe a month, month and a half. And, you know, just more and more people wanted to start doing sessions. So I eventually <clears throat> made it my own business subcontracting out of there to good boxing. And, um, uh, you know, like I said, it was just, you know, really, really blowing up, taking off. And, you know, then even, even during the pandemic, I had people blowing my phone up and I was doing, you know, 60 something sessions a week. But during the pandemic, I had to transfer and do a lot of the sessions outside, out, out at the parks and mm -hmm. just, you know, keep people busy outside. And, yep. and then I got to the point to where I was, kind of outgrowing the gym a little too much and you know a lot of my clients weren't real happy just doing just the private sessions down at this powerlifting gym because they didn't really use any of the equipment for their own needs they just came for the boxing so I started looking for my own location and you know got got blessed with this new location it's you know perfect fit good good area and you know I got Got everything in here anybody would need, whether it's fitness or uh, boxing. Yeah. And and so just a, a handful of weeks that you've been in there, right? This is this is almost brand new, perfect timing for us. How has it been so far? What's your experience been? Oh, it's it's been good. Uh I just did a little grand opening party about a week and a half ago. <clears throat> I was doing a soft opening for about two weeks before that just getting some of my regular clientele in and I've already got about 35 people signed up now. And I got, uh, about another five to 10 that are <clears throat> already inquired about it and already have invoices sent to them just from the, to actually, you know, sign up yeah. and get going to make it official. Good. So 
Mike, before we before we focus and, and go down the rabbit hole of the business side of things, tell us kind of what the biggest difference so far that you've seen between subleasing space at another facility and having your own facility. I mean, it's just giving people, you know, more of the more of my clientele, like the the boxers and the people doing it for fitness. And then they weren't really into a lot of the big heavy weights. So they were just coming there to work specifically with me. But now with my new location, <clears throat> I have a little bit of everything here. I got cardio and then I got some of the toning machines and I got, you know, eight different punching bags for people to hit on their own and <clears throat> just giving them a little more stuff that kind of fits their needs. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm able to, uh, like I said, reach out to more people and do and do even group classes. I before I was doing just private training. Now I'm able to do group sessions and have an open gym where people can come and just work out on their own as well. Cool. So a lot of people might listen listen to this podcast for ideas of how to find new members, new clients. As early on in the process you are here, what do you think is going to be the the one or two strategies that you lean on the most to build up your membership? Honestly, uh, I, I thought it was crazy a couple of months ago, but so social media has been huge for me. I mean, I've I've got a ton of people. I've I've made my own business page on there now, but even when I had just my regular Facebook page and Instagram pages, I had. You know, a ton of people reaching out to me about doing the training. So now I've started making little videos and yep. just getting content out there. And I get a ton of likes and a ton of inquiries about it. Yeah. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. We got we got to be where the eyeballs are and, and people are scrolling all day long. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I did my little party here trying to reach out to the community, like the surrounding areas. And, and I did a little bit from that but honestly most of the people were coming in from social media that had seen it online yeah for you so far at least has that just been the the free aspects putting out videos putting out content or have you put advertising money into it yet uh i've, I've got a couple of the little small promotional ads that uh like Instagram and stuff will offer for a little trial to do for mm. a couple of bucks, but most of it has been just, just me sharing reels and. Yep. How did it work for you? The advertising? I mean, it, it actually did work pretty good. I mean, I, <clears throat> I feel like some of the stuff is just spam that I get, but I do get some actual clientele from the, from the ads as well. Sure. So, I mean, it's, it's worked to at least get a, a decent amount of people through the doors. Do you think that's something that you'll look into more here as time goes on? Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, even though I don't like admitting it and using it, I and mean, social media is is where yeah. the new yeah, world it's going, the new age. It's a necessary evil in our space. You know, I, yeah. it's rare that I talk to a true gym owner who enjoys sitting on Facebook or enjoys sitting on Instagram and editing videos and doing all of the, the different aspects of it. But if we want to grow our business, you know, that's where the people are. So I think you've found uh, a successful strategy and, and now it's kind of just about pouring some gasoline on, if you know what I mean. 
You know, I mean, it's it, even like uh, the Jake Paul and the YouTube fighters and stuff now that are, you know, getting so big and they're making all this ridiculous money doing boxing. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, but I mean, honestly, it's good for the sport. It's reaching out to a new crowd and it's the eyeballs, right? Yeah. For you, I want to hear a little bit about the the sales process and how people actually sign up for this. And so, when when one of these leads reaches out to you and, and says that they're interested in coming to the gym, what do you do to to take that person from just an interested lead to eventually a paying client? Well, I, I try to get them to come in and you know check out the facility and you know just sign them up here on the spot. I, I am able to send invoices out, you know, through, uh, through, uh, emails, you know, I get their email address and I can send them a email so they can pay online. But honestly, my goal is usually get them in here and just kind of take them through the place and give them a little tour and, you know, s sell them by actually letting them see it and put some of it to use if they'd like. And so the goal being get them into the facility first yeah. and foremost, so they can see it, they can feel it, and then sit down and have a conversation. Tell me a little bit about how people pay. There's so many different ways to go about this in our industry. Is it like per session? Are they buying packages? Is this a monthly membership thing? Tell us a little bit about the product. Well, it's a little bit of all of what you just said. Before, when I was at the other gym, I was doing just private sessions and people would pay by the session, you know, just for the you know, one-on-one -on -one classes. But now that I'm here, I got my own location. I offer a, a gym membership, which uh, includes open gym access, whether it's boxing or fitness, come in here and hit the bags or get on the treadmills or do any of the machines, whatnot on your own time. But, <clears throat> but with that membership, I also include group training, group boxing training, where I go through and I'll hold pads for people and take them through drills and having a partner up working together and that that's all included in the membership. I do also still offer my private sessions for added fees, but uh, <clears throat> right now it's mostly membership based. Yep. Which makes sense. I mean, like you said, as it grows to a certain point, you don't have a ton of time to do one-on-ones you know we can fit more people in a group session whether it's boxing or fitness specific we can fit more people in and grow the business that way it's been a short time that you've been in a physical location but you've been running this business for for a long time now mike and so for you what do you focus on the most to keep your clients coming back how do we retain these members for the long haul i mean I Honestly, I, I usually just sell them with the workout. I I always tell everybody this is, you know, the boxing workouts, one workout where it never gets easy on your body. I mean, you're always going to leave here tired, huffing and puffing, sweating. And I mean, mo most stuff, the more you do it, it gets easy on your body. Well, with the boxing workout, you'll get better at it, but it never gets easy. <laughs> Like I said, you'll always leave here tired and exhausted. We're always going to be throwing in different stuff, whether whether you're you know learning different drills or different techniques and adding different combinations to it. That that all comes with it. But just the workout itself just you know breaks you down. You're always going to want to be faster, hitting harder, doing better. So if it if it gets easy on you, you're not pushing yourself. Yeah. 
Well, that's what you're there for, right? Yeah. And so as you move forward with this, I mean, we've alluded to the idea a couple of times that this is this is about a month in the progress of of being in your location. What do you think could provide some potential challenges for you moving forward trying to grow your business? Um, hopefully it doesn't, but I mean, there's always the uh, the worry about paying the bills. I mean, before I didn't have any overhead, I was just working out of a gym. Now, now I gotta uh, now now I have to get people in here to pay the <laughs> pay the mortgage, pay the utilities, and so uh, yeah. I mean it's 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 definitely a big uh, huge step for me, but it definitely seems realistic. It opens up a lot of doors for you though too. You oh, know, yeah. you can continue to grow this thing. And so expand on that thought here, Mike. Where do you see this all going? Big picture. What do you, what's your, what's your goal for, for too good in the future? Well, I, honestly, I mean, I feel like the, the options are endless. I've, I've already had a couple, um, like the childcare daycare places already reaching out to me, wanting to do some stuff for their summer camps and, you know, bring, bring groups of kids over here and do summer camps. I'm hope, hoping to reach out to a couple of businesses and get some of their uh, you know, clientele in here. Cause originally this location that I'm at now was a, a corporate gym for their employees. So I'm, I'm looking to do something similar to that, get some businesses to bring their employees in and <clears throat> already reached out to a couple of them and they've shown some interest and, I mean, and honestly, I'm hoping to, you know, get, get some of my fighters that I've already had, you know, to start doing some private sessions for people just expanding. So I'm, I'm not doing all the, all the coaching and private sessions. And yeah. I have, I have a, a woman in here that does uh, personal training for fitness and she does boot camps. So we're going to be starting those within this next week. Yep. I think there's a, a certain <clears throat> understanding and element of, of you just kind of have to grind it out like in the early stages of business. It requires your time. It requires a ton of effort, but at a certain point as things grow and as the business starts to see some success, we'd love to hand off some of those responsibilities. Cause right now it sounds like Mike is the CEO. Mike is probably the head janitor. Mike is the head coach. Mike is the director of marketing. Mike is doing all the sales. <clears throat> and, and, and I would, uh, I would imagine at some point in time, take a step back from that is, is probably in the cards. You know what I mean? Right. I mean? That's definitely the goal. Like, like you said, right now I am doing pretty much everything, but I, I say that, but I do have, uh, you know, my family and friends helping out, you know, they've been huge and, you mm -hmm. know, helping me get stuff done and, you know, taking some of the responsibility for me. So I, I can't take all the credit, but everything is kind of resting on my shoulders right now. And obviously the ideal goal is to get some residual income, money coming in when I'm not doing, doing all the work, you know, getting plenty of memberships and having my other trainers, you know, make, make money for me. Basically that's the yep. that's ideal the, goal. That's what we build a business for hundred percent. Now I have one more question for you. And I think this is really relevant given the, the timeline of all of this. You just recently pulled the trigger to move from, from contractor to business owner. 
what would be the best advice that you could give somebody sitting on the fence, not sure if they're ready to pull the trigger? You got to have faith. I mean, if you don't believe in yourself, why should anybody? So, I mean, you, you got, you got to do it. I mean, that, there's never a right time to do it. You, you got to make time to do it and get out there and do it. Yeah. That's, that's better than I could have said it, Mike. That's a, a really good place for us to start to wrap our conversation up, but I want to save a minute here for you to tell our audience where they could learn more about Too Good. You mentioned a website, you mentioned social media. How can people connect with you? Uh, well, the name of my company is Too Good Boxing. So you can find it on uh, online on the website. So, sorry, that's my that's my round timer going off right now. But uh, yeah, the website is Too Good Boxing, T-O-O-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And I also have that on uh, all the social media platforms, whether Instagram, Facebook, all that. And, you know, I got, got little short videos on all of it and got pictures and, you know, just some of the background credentials. And Yep. It is straightforward enough. Connect with Mike and Two Good Boxing on those platforms that he just mentioned. This has been awesome, man. I, I really appreciate it your willingness to share your experience as a new business owner, but we'll have to, we'll have to check in again down the road and see how everything goes for you and revisit this in, in a year or two and, and see how everything looks at that point. We're, uh, we're a bit shy awesome. on time here, but, but I appreciate you and I, I wish you nothing but the best. That's awesome. I appreciate your help. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like, and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily. And joining us on the show today is John Michelle and Taneo out of 2120. What's going on, y'all? How are we doing today? How's it going? Good. Doing good. Doing good. Good to be here. Yeah, man. Well, we're definitely excited to have you guys on the show. But before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you guys have going on at 2120 and how you run your gym, Tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Well, I think the, uh, the gym itself is more of a personal training studio now um, and growing as we speak. And the reason why we wanted to sort of start with the personal training side was that most of the gyms in the UK or if not all of them, uh, commercial gyms uh, really really take advantage of the personal trainers so they'd pay their personal trainers next to nothing for the amount of work that they do so they'd get a client in 
they would charge the client, say, £100, and then the trainer would end up with 25 of that, which is sort of, it's for me, I think it's, it's a little bit shocking because the trainer is the one that's looking after the client, you know, taking them through a journey, giving them progression, you know, really like putting a lot of time and effort in, whereas the gyms are not really doing a lot uh, in that sense, besides bringing the client in and not really doing a lot to bring the client in, as 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 you would say. But I think, uh, yeah, I think that was the just of it to flip the whole thing around and give them, give the trainer the opportunity to make a, a, a substantial amount of money and the gym sort of take off the back end of that, um, keeping them happy so that the trainer ends up staying with the gym long term. Okay. So prior to like, did both of you guys have backgrounds in entrepreneurship or the fitness industry? Yeah. So basically I'm my, I'm an entrepreneur by, you know, I've been doing this for the last 15 years being an entrepreneur. So I've got a few other businesses. I, I run a property business. I've got a, a realtor, uh, an estate agency. I've got a few other businesses that I do, but it all started off with, uh, with 2120 as, um, a brand that we wanted to create to um, to get into the apparel industry, into the sports industries, into the fitness industry. And that's how Jean and me started talking. Uh, so we created this uh, clothing brand called 2120 and uh, we started off as that. And then eventually we moved into, so COVID hit and then we decided we needed to do something because we couldn't yeah, it was just sitting at home basically. So we st started building Twenty One Twenty as a fitness training studio, and that's what that's how it came to together as well. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, yes, we are uh, entrepreneurs, been doing this all our lives basically, and yeah, people's lives. Yeah, I think from our side was uh, I have the the CrossFit gym, um, and that's been going since two thousand fifteen, and. Uh, I had a, a number of trainers or a number of clients that were attending the CrossFit gym. So we were trying to sort of fit them in and around sessions, you know, while the, the classes were going on. And majority of my clients came from this particular area where we opened up the gym. So I thought, let's, you know, let me try and find a place that we can actually train them there, make it easier for them. Because obviously the CrossFit, they, they crank up the music, they're throwing weights around and they're going nuts. So I thought it was just a, a better op, op, you know, a better option for me to go and find a quieter studio so I can do one-to-one -one sessions with clients. And the area that we were in or looked in, there isn't really much there. And the the gyms that we well, looked at was, you know, not great at all. So we thought, let's open our own. We could do better. And again, it was like you bring your you bring your clients in, but I take you know seventy percent of your money. It's like, so I'm doing all the work, but making the, the ends meet, you know what I'm saying? So I thought we thought, let, let's, let's give it a crack and then try and uh, do it ourselves. Yeah. So that was the idea always to be really focused on helping personal trainers, you know, get paid what they're worth? From the yeah. beginning. Yeah. yeah. From the, because I've worked in a number of gyms and I've been taken advantage of a number of times, not just one gym. Not yeah. just one gym, uh, a few. So, yeah, it's, it's giving the trainers an opportunity to sort of, you know, work, make money, put the effort in and, you know, feel sort of, you know, worthwhile. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. So yeah. how many trainers do y'all have now? Five. Five, five. trainers at the moment, yeah. Okay. And do you guys also have clients as well? So I'm not a personal trainer. I'm just the the business side of this, the you know the business side. Uh Jean is a personal trainer. So yeah. Yeah, I have I have some clients, yeah. I do around about what fifteen to twenty five hours a week, um, mm-hmm. which I'm happy with. Um, and all all of the trainers that we 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 brought on a couple of new ones. We've had a couple that have been there from the start, um, and they do between say the new starters between five to ten, and the 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 veterans of the gym between twenty five to thirty five hours a week. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about this a little bit right before we got on the interview, but the trainers are also responsible for bringing their clients in. And you guys are also, like you said, on a rotating basis, giving the trainers clients as well. Yeah, I think the uh, the point of the bringing them on was not just to hand them clients, but also it's for them to build their own sort of brand and business. So they're not, completely working for the gym because we don't pay them but they they rent floor space from us for a minimal rate they bring their own clients in um and if we see that they're doing that uh we we hand off clients to them um and those clients that we hand off to them will remain part of the gym as loyal sort of member clients Mm -hmm. and then um, those trainers that are performing and actually bringing clients in so we check their social media we check you know how how much work they're doing in terms of advertising themselves and you know if they're doing enough and they're next on the rotor then we'd hand them a client if they haven't yeah if they haven't done anything and i can look at their social media and they haven't posted in six months or three months then I'd question going, well, what are you doing to build your business? What advertising mm-hmm. are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. are, you, are, you, are you helping us help you? Because I don't want to be doing all the work for you and you're taking all the money because that's how it's going to work. But if you want me to do all the work, then I will, you know, I'll have to take a little bit, a bit of a bigger cut then, you know? Yeah. So, so from a marketing standpoint, how do you guys get clients in for the trainers? So let's say, you know, the trainer is, you know, working hard to build their business and is bringing clients in. How are you guys like on the back end getting clients in and then kind of dispersing them to whomever? Well, currently we're using the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one source. Um, we've, we've also tried leafletting. We've done a lot of leafletting in the area. We have, um, targeted small groups in the local area um the the mums you know um the antenatal groups um and yeah that's that's the core uh, of the marketing that we're currently doing and word of mouth um uh, offering a free consulting uh first time um pt consulting uh and yeah, I think that's basically it, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we've we've hit a couple of uh, businesses as well, reached out to a couple of the HR departments in the local sort of business park and around, around and about. 
and then uh, I think we've tried we've tried a couple of Facebook bits, but don't tend to work too well. Google seems to work better for us as a whole. I think with the whole Facebook advertising, I think it gets a little bit lost in translation. Unless you're spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds, you're not going to get seen as much. Uh, but we have had a lot of more um, hits from the Google ads as we go and change and you know progress through that. That's where majority of our leads come from and word of mouth, like Tenyo said. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. So each individual trainer has their own business, right? Yeah. So I guess my next question is like, how do you keep everybody, you know, on the same page and organized when it comes to, you know, growing the gym, keeping the doors open and things of that nature? Yeah. So like we, we try and meet up as much as possible. We've uh, had one-to-one -one meetings with uh, most of the trainers over the last week, I think. I think bar one. Um, and just giving them a progression of where we're going and what we're doing and finding out from them as well what, we, uh, what they're doing, you know. Uh, how's their client base going? What can they take on? What are they doing outside of the gym if they are doing anything else? And, and just giving them reassurance of like, you know, we are there if they need us. To, to sort of help push and, uh, you know, help them sort of grow their business. But um, I think the mo most important thing is to let them know where we're going because at the moment we're in the temporary location. So just sort of drip feed them what's happening with the new site, where we're going. Um, and we're quite transparent about, you know, how much the gym's costing us so that they're not in the dark about that. You know, there's rates, there's electricity, and there's all these bits that are coming through. So, myself and Tanya, we've had to put some money in in for the uh, the gym over the last couple of months because, you know, the bills have gone up. Trainers aren't doing as much as they say they would be doing. So, you know, and and so on and so forth, really. So, what is what is the end goal for you guys? Because I know that um, the commercial gym, which you spoke about earlier, is something that you guys are both working towards? Yeah. I think once we get these trainers, so I find that by motivating the trainers to drive their business and build their business, it, I think that is my passion, watching them grow as well. So influencing them to go out there and build their own businesses so that you know they have a good ground to stand on. If they build a business, we flourish as well. So it works in both ways for us. And like Jean said, we are five trainers and the two of us. So it's a small family that we are, you know, you know, small, close family, actually. We know each other, you know, the energy is good. The chemistry is good in the, in the gym. We bounce off things each other. So if one person is good at marketing and another person is good in, you know, doing um, something else, they, we put them together and, you know, they teach each other as well. So we try to organize things like that. So each one helps each other grow as well in the business. Um, I find that quite rewarding in, in the business. So, um, and that's what it is. Um, what was your question again? <laughs> I lost you then. <laughs> uh, you, it was um, about keeping everybody organized, the team. Mm. And then the goal of uh, moving into like the commercial gym, are you going to keep the, the model that you guys are using the same? Yeah, I think the the goal is to build up this this team 
so that everyone's pretty busy in terms of they're happy with the amount of clients they have you know be it 15 to 30 hours a week yeah. um good quality trainers you know we vet all the trainers that come through the door we get them to take us through a session we watch them closely for a couple of weeks and if it's not working we you know we tell them it's not you know we're not good for unfortunately because there's a there's a there's a great number of trainers out there that are not great and i think they're just they're not good for clients mm -hmm. so i think our sort of our look on it was we had to have the quality of the trainer in there to push up the quality of the gym so that when people turn around and go well this is you know it's 2120 fitness they got good trainers there there's not a bad word to say about us um and if there is we knock it on the head straight away yeah but to build up these trainers make sure that they're they're, they're solid as a team and then take this this sort of this model basically this gym put it in the new commercial gym which hopefully we're going to be you know moving into in the next 12 months they'll start building in the next month or so um and that'll be a seven thousand square foot unit and that'll be an open commercial gym manned you know whatever early morning to late evening um with friendly staff hopefully and uh the trainers would be the the source of the income from the beginning and then hopefully the members that we get in would be pure profit okay yeah. so what everybody has their like their own kind of thing going on with their businesses so do you guys use maybe the same like systems when it comes for like booking keeping track of you know who's coming in for for what session so where is like the team kind of unified about around that yeah i think the uh sorry tenny the uh the system that we started on was waterfly and the, the reason was that because we we used that in the old gym uh, not the old gym my crossfit gym um which has since changed to beyond the whiteboard if i'm not mistaken or whiteboard or something like that um but we used Wattify in there just to sort of track sessions, get trainers to sort of book in their times. I allocated uh, session slots so that we didn't have too many people coming in at once. So we allocated because we had a really small place. We only allowed four trainers. So if you had four trainers, you had four clients. That's eight people in a small little space, which is more than enough. We could probably do more now because of the temple location. And that what if our system worked quite well with us because it was an automated system that the um, the trainers could buy like blocks of 10 um, sessions from us, which we sold, and then it automatically renewed. So after this 10 session that they booked in with their client, it automatically renewed and charged them for the next block of 10. Mm -hmm. um, we had to change from that because they, they started pushing up their prices. So I think we ended up paying like almost 250 pound or 200 pound a month for that simple sort of uh, system. Um, and since then we've changed over to a, a system called Club Link, which is a bit iffy. It's not the same. It doesn't have any automated system of the, once the trainer runs out of 10 session, it doesn't automate and recharge them, which I don't understand. I thought we, you know, we were in the 21st century. I thought that could be, you know, pretty easy to, you know, implement. Mm -hmm. So 
same sort of thing going forward. We've booked out, you know, an hour slot, half an hour slots throughout the whole day. Trainer can go in and book their sessions. And then we sort of, we can keep track on the dashboard of who's booked what, how many sessions the trainer's booked, how, mu how much money the trainer's brought in over a period of time. And uh, I see who's performing and who's not. So when it comes to pricing, are the trainers, do they have like full autonomy over that? Or is this like, is there like a certain number that can't go below? Or yeah. how, like how does that work? Owners have their own say in what they feel that they they're worth. If they feel they're worth a hundred pound, they're hundred pound. But if they're feel that we've had a trainer, a new trainer come in, and she was only charging I think twenty twenty five pound a session. Um, and for the area that we're in, the going rate is probably between fifty and eighty eighty pounds. So immediately we had to tell her like she's very good she's very good and we very both of us are very happy with her at the moment um she's she's had to put her prices up so bringing her clients from her house because she had a whole little setup at home and she's finding it quite difficult for her her clients to progress because the limitation on you know being at home having kids and then working all around that was was quite frustrating for her so she's come in and she's had to tell some of her clients that if you want to train in the gym, I'm going to be based off here, but my prices are going up. Mm -hmm. Not only because the gym's charging me now, but because I'm worth it. You know, if you feel that you're worth it and we can see that they're worth it, I'm going to tell them, listen, you're charging. It's too little. It's too little. You should charge. And that I think, and that in turn brings over sort of a, a, a client that is, you know, respectful of you and they, they're willing to pay for quality as long as you deliver on quality. Yeah. Okay. So with everybody probably coming in with, you know, different skill sets, different levels of experiences, how do you guys go about, I guess, helping them build on those weaknesses? Like, for example, if maybe one trainer not good at, at sales, Danny, you want to answer it? You can. Go on. Well, so I think, I think uh, Jean, yeah. when, when, uh, go on. Go. So once we get a lead coming through, Jean goes through the a session with them and understands what this client is looking for. So if the client is looking for purely strength or muscle mass, then we would allocate that client to a particular trainer that we think will be good for that particular 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 client, and um, that's how we go about it. But the first session, he John goes through with with the client, um, or understands what he's what he or she is looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, once they've once they've gone through the 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 booking consultation form on our website, I normally try and give the client a call straight away. And sometimes they've just sent it through and I've just, and then I've jumped on the phone quickly to sort of, you know, grab their attention. I don't reply with an email. I give them a call straight away so we can have a chat. And most of them are normally surprised at how fast you reply and how quickly you're on the phone with them. And then from there, I can build up a rapport can find out, you know, what their dog's name is, how, what they, where they work, you know, bringing out all that information. And as I'm going through that, I'm jotting it down to sort of pass it on to the next, the, the trainer who's going to 
either do the initial consultation, which is free, then they have a chance to get the client in, bring them down, meet them. And I do, I do tell the client that, you know, the potential client that if you're going to be spending a lot of time with a, you know, a trainer, you have to, you have to be able to gel. You have to be able to get along with them and you have to, you know, you have to have some sort of characteristic, you know, of the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're able then to sort of bring in uh, uh, the client and then go through the session and then work from there. So I think the initial contact is making sure that we're putting them and matching them up with the right person and that the rotational basis of the, the, the trainers, that we're not doing it unfairly as well. And if I suggest a trainer, maybe you, you, you can try this trainer or you can, you know, if you don't, if you're not happy with that one, give me a shout. We can try the next one. You know what I'm saying? So um, building on their weaknesses, I think, you know, we're always there for them to help, you know, help guide them and go through bits. And we're always asking the trainers, you know, what's what's happening with their marketing? Do they need any help? You know, and giving them suggestions, you know, trying to push them out of their comfort zone as well. So promoting on social media, doing little clips, doing little things. Some of them don't like it. Some of them do. So it just depends on the trainer. We try to sort of build them up so that they're able to look after themselves long term. And then we're not just drip feeding them and handing them stuff all the time. You know, because that work that where that work ethic is quite, you know, quite good, you know, important to us, I'd say, is that they're they're they know how hard it is to build a client base and they're not just handed a whole client base. I think they appreciate it more, don't they? Okay, well, y'all, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. So, uh, yeah, they can find us in uh, London, UK, Ascot, on uh, 2120 Fitness, um, www.21, the number 20, the word fitness, the uh, com. And uh, yeah, we we welcome anyone that really wants to sort of get into shape, get fit, you know. And I think with the studio sort of thing, it's it's quite good that they uh, it's quite private and uh, it takes away that sort of uh, intimidation aspect. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much. You know, we really appreciate your time and contribution to the show. Definitely yeah. looking forward to seeing where you got what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. Also, excuse me. To everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, Or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. 
That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today, we have Andy Main of Pure MMA, joining us from Rockaway, New Jersey. Andy, what's going on, sir? How are you today? How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to to get you in here. Now, I don't want to to paint on your canvas, but before we get into the business focus side of the conversation, Andy. I think a little bit of background is helpful for people here. The, the name Pure MMA gives people an idea of what this is, but why don't you you paint a little bit of context into what Pure MMA is in your own words before we have that business side? Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, Pure MMA is a uh, it's a you know kind of like a full service, multifaceted martial arts and fitness facility, all group training. Uh, I mean, we, we have instructors that do private lessons, but primarily um, group classes, um, you know, a little, my background, I was a professional mixed martial arts fighter um, until right before COVID technically never retired, but um, don't, not sure if I'm gonna, <laughs> waiting on not, the comeback. I, at this point, it's unless Jake Paul's going to pay me a, a bag to uh, to Ooh. fight a to fight a YouTuber. I don't think I'm going to come back. It's just uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I, I say never say never. I'm young enough to change my mind. But um, um, so, yeah, I had a uh, was basically in the process of of chasing that career um, and decided when I was 23, I was on the ultimate fighter for the UFC uh, when I was 21, when I was 23 had a little bit of money saved up and kind of deciding, am I going back to college? What am I going to do? My brother was just finishing his first two years of college. We both had a little bit of notoriety with competitive being competitive. So we decided to go for it with the gym with very little knowledge. My, my dad was a business owner, is a business owner. Um, so, you know, he, we had some, some help uh, with that, but basically just kind of went for it and then went started the learning process of becoming business owners. But ultimately pure MMA is it's just a community of people that want to better themselves through the uh, vehicle of martial arts and fitness. Yeah. And and so all of the personal experience in the in the modality at least, we are undoubtedly an expert, but like you said, opened up a business and, and pretty quickly on the fly just had to figure out how to be business owners but Mm -hmm. here we are north of a decade later you guys are still here something must have gone right for you throughout Mm -hmm. those years talk to me just first and foremost about the biggest differences in your mind between the early years and when you first got started and how the business functions today yeah so i think one of the advantages of um coming up as a, um, a professional athlete and particularly in something like martial arts is that like, it doesn't matter what stage you're at. You understand that you kind of have to, what we call a white belt mentality. Like you constantly have to be willing to learn. Um, so it, which in a lot of industries doesn't exist. So a lot of times you leave college and then that's the last time you really learn. Uh, you really are like, um, completely submerged in learning. So as soon as we open the business, first thing I did was start taking marketing courses, start taking sales courses, going and, and calling 
Um, and, and also, you know, I also thankfully had the wherewithal to understand like, okay, who's doing it successfully in my industry, right? So like I had a couple of people that were close to me that had fairly successful academies at the time. Um, and then I had access to people that were very successful that I didn't know personally, but I, you know, was only one degree away from able to get on phone calls and just have conversations and start to figure out like, okay, where do I spend my time? Where do I spend my money? You know, so the early stages was, you know, trying to provide the right product on a very, very minimal budget, right? Open the gym. My first, my, my first gym was a tiny little space. It actually wasn't even a, a real space. We, we were went and looked at a real space. And then I saw this little storage area in the back of somebody else's space. And I was like, <laughs> what, what, what are they doing with that? And they, they were like, he's like, I can ask. And then he asked and the guy was like, yeah, I'm not really using it. So I ended up literally, it didn't have an address. So like, you're subleasing first. Is that right? Basically. Yeah. They worked it out, but, um, but it wasn't on Google maps. Like you couldn't get to like, you could, it wasn't a real address. So, um, but that's, you know, those are the things like, we kind of do what you got to do to get yeah, started. We, yeah. we, we, we shoestringed it. But as soon as you walked in the gym, you knew that our heart and soul was in it because like it, it, it was, it felt like a diamond in the rough. Right. So that was it in the beginning. It was like, make this place feel right. Obviously provide the right product, treat people right. And then in the process, start learning, you know, some business principles. And, um, and that was, you know, where now it's sort of a well-oiled oiled machine where like, we're a lot bigger. We have kind of a flow in place from front end to back end. Um, we have people in place from front end to back end. So, um, you know, every business can always improve just like anything else. Like I said, wipe up, wipe up mentality. I'm constantly reevaluating even when we're doing really well so that, you know, I don't wait until something starts to slip. I try not to wait until something starts to slip before making changes. I try to like stay ahead of myself we use the phrase student of the game a lot, mm -hmm. but white belt mentality is that same sort of idea of yeah. what you're talking about in, in constantly tinkering or tweaking or understand that there yeah. may be a different or a better way to go about this. Yeah. Well, As you I'll, look back on, go ahead, go ahead. Please. No, well, I was going to say like one of the things that, that happens a lot, I think in like the fitness and, and uh, sports industry in general is that generally the people that are opening their own businesses are opening because they're experts, right? So it's very easy to fall prey to the false sense of security that your expertise in the subject is going to be enough. And um, one of the things that was a benefit for me was I was able to see that the most successful, successful people around me were not necessarily the most popular. They weren't necessarily the best right? Like there were guys that I knew that were some of the best in the world that went and opened gyms and were struggling. And then there were others that you've never heard of the guy, but he had a thousand numbers, right? So I was like, okay, so being popular is not the end all be all. It helps, but it's not the end yeah, all be all. it's one you piece know? of this. Right. So, um, and, and a lot of times people are arrogant, you know, they're like, well, I know what I'm doing and people should listen to me and that's why I should be successful. And as soon as you start, you know, kind of, uh, believing in your own hype kind of thing yeah. it's a it's a fast that's way a, to 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 not grow that's a death toll in business yeah. for sure as you yeah. look back on, on at least the last 10 years here andy just sort of reminisce on on both sides of the coin mm -hmm. what's been what's been your favorite part about being a business owner and what's been the most challenging part for you my favorite part is so i'm in business with my brother um my favorite part is the flexibility you know, like, I mean, 
it's sort of like there's a there's a meme out there somewhere where it's like I quit my nine to five so that I could have more free time. So now I work, you know, 120 hours a week, like, you know, like so that I can work for myself. But it, at the end of the day, even if you are working all day, every day, um, it is on your, um, you know, it is on your time and it is on your schedule. Uh, and then having my brother a part of it, being able to stay close to my brother and, um, and have, have us kind of like pursue this together has been a lot of fun. So that's definitely been my favorite part. Um, my, the, I would say the, my least favorite part is, you know, like at the end of the day, in a service-based industry, you deal with people and there are times where I just don't want to deal with certain types of people, but at the end of the, like, it's heavy as the head that wears the crown. Like I'm at the top of the hill. So when something goes awry, it's my responsibility, whether it was or it wasn't. And I've had, I've yeah. had people, I've had, I've had employees steal from me. I've had, you know, people that I've had to kick out of the gym members, like I have issues that I just don't want to deal with. And thankfully 99.999% of the time, our community is amazing and the people are amazing and my employees are amazing, but it happens. And like, yeah. I, I try to, I'm the guy that wants to make everybody happy. And sometimes it doesn't work out like that. And that's, that's been the toughest. That's been the yeah. toughest, but it's part of You it. mentioned systems and well-oiled machine and, and those things function how they're supposed to. The only mm -hmm. reason things go off the, the rails is because of that human element right? Humans are the unpredictable part of this. Everything else flows how it should. And there are bad apples. Most of the time we have a pretty good gig going on. Like you said, every business owner listening to this knows exactly what you're talking about. There's just people you don't see eye to eye with and it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Over the years here, Andy, and, and so many people listen to this show simply for, for different ideas of just how to get people in through their doors, especially post-COVID. Mm -hmm. Over the years, what have you found that's been successful for you to get some new clients? And what would you not recommend people spend some time or some dollars or time or effort or energy on? So I, something that uh, something that's like, I think that at the base that a lot of people overlook, and I did too for a while, is I do think you have to identify who you want in the type of people that you want in your gym and start to, um, uh, you know, think about marketing around that versus just like, how do I get as many people as possible in the gym, which you obviously want. Um, but a lot of times you, it, it, it makes you throw darts in too many directions and then you end up spending time on too many things which in the beginning, you're like, oh, I'll spend as much time as I need. But like, eventually you realize you want to be as efficient as possible with your money and your time. Um, so from the beginning, one thing that it wasn't originally intentional, thankfully, like my brother and I are just very friendly people and, and, and we, we try to make people feel good and um, be in tune with the people that are on the mat. Um, is we, we wanted to focus on building a culture that like people don't want to leave. Like I wanted to have a type of gym where people, I got to kick them, I got to boot them out at the end of the night because they just want to hang out. It's like their second home. If I put cots up in the gym, they would sleep here. Like that's the type of place that I wanted to build or we wanted mm -hmm. to build. Um, and, and we did. And that became, and I combining that intention with and the type of people that we would want to have in the gym to kind of like help us spread that along with like systemized ways of encouraging people to 
to help with word of mouth without saying like, hey, go tell your friends um, directly, sometimes saying that directly, but not sure. like spamming it basically um, has been super powerful. Uh, so, and it's like, it's hard to quantify that. Um, I can quantify it in terms of like how many we get, but it's hard to quantify like what specifically, like I'm not spending money on that. I'm just, yeah. I'm just making sure that like I'm reading the room and I'm, you know, I, I spend every single one of my classes that I teach now at the end of class, like I don't do private lessons anymore at all. I have instructors that do. Um, I mean, I do, but I basically price myself to where I don't. Right. So, sure. but every single time I teach, I'm like, if you have questions, I'll stay with you for, this is, this is my night on the mat for teaching. I'll hang out with you for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm there till sometimes 10 o'clock at night. And people know that and they appreciate it. And they know that my, I have their best interest and I'll charge them anything extra for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like little things like that to make sure your clients know that you're not just trying to pull dollars out of their wallet, that you're actually invested in them has been massive for word of mouth, but also having a few things like, let's say referral programs where they, they can earn to, you know, for, for referring people, which they were going to kind of do anyway, has been super beneficial. And then for mine in particular, I can't speak for every type of gym business, but for, for mine, having a website that, uh, or a website company that is dedicated to specifically building these types of business websites has also been very beneficial. You know, I don't think, you know, in the beginning, you don't have the extra money, fine, you build your own Wix website and whatever, it does the job. But as soon as you can afford to hire a company that focuses on nothing but like boutique gyms and martial arts gyms um, to do the SEO for you, to do your website, manage your website and, um, and, and use templates that they are testing constantly because it's the only way that they make money has been extremely beneficial for me. One thing that I've been unique in, and I wouldn't say this is a good thing or a bad thing, because obviously I know people that are very successful with, with paid advertising is that I don't pay, I don't do paid advertising. I haven't done it in eight years. I haven't spent mm -hmm. my, my ad budget is zero. And, and, and I have 600 members, you know, I have 60 to hundred leads every month with a $0 ad budget. And, um, I just pay for my website. So, um, it's doable, you know? So like, okay. it's a lot of times people are so focused on like, I got to get to the pay. I got to spend money on paid advertising that they forget about all the organic stuff that you can do. Oh yeah. To, you know what I mean? Like if you're willing to hustle, you know, like I have a whole list, social media posts, uh, press releases that we send to every single um, news outlet on like little things. We started a new women's program, boom, all the newspapers, all the news outlets are getting it. They may run it, they may not run it, but they have run it. You know, I got a yep. fighter, they want to fight, you know, so like all that little stuff. So I think that was like kind of a long-winded answer because my, my whole concept on it is a little bit, um, it is a little bit like just kind of those two primary things that have worked really well for us. That's incredibly relevant. And I think when we, when we talk about marketing, a lot of the time people pigeonhole it to be paid advertising. Mm -hmm. Marketing is a whole spectrum. And at the end of the day, we just need people walking through the doors, how they get yeah. there. If we can do it without ad spend, of course. Right, <laughs> right. If we could fill our gyms with organic, nothing but organic leads who are wild and raving fans of course we're going to do right. that. The, and the reason to pair yeah. paid advertising on is like the same idea as like supplements for somebody's health and fitness. 
Right. You know, this is, this is that extra little bit to get you where you need to go. And it's also semi-dependent on where you are, you know, like, of course, for whatever reason, in the area that we're in, there's a lot of search traffic, a lot of search traffic. People are constantly looking for martial arts for their kids and martial arts for, you know, jujitsu and MMA is getting bigger and bigger every single year. And we're just positioned best when somebody searches for us in our area, they find well, us. They, there's they, a lot they, of things that went into that though. You know, right, 10 right. years ago, that was not the case for you, I'm sure. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. It was, it was, it was growth. It was, you know, it was all, it was all these different things um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so we need to be at the end of the day, we need to be where the eyeballs are. You guys have positioned yeah. yourself in a way to get there with with investment not with direct advertising where there's there's finances mm -hmm. that have been put behind this and yeah i think to to revisit another point early on you said you and your brother were doing all of this and then once soon as we could afford to we started delegating things mm -hmm. that weren't necessarily our forte right you came up as an athlete you didn't come mm -hmm. up as a web designer you didn't come right. up as this world-class top-tier marketer Right. I'll lean on my own skill set and do what I can and have other people help. I think that that often gets missed in our industry. People think yep. that they need to be everything to everybody. It's just mm -hmm. not realistic. Yeah. I, and again, it depends on it, like a couple of things. You know, I started very young and I had, I was willing to invest a significant amount of time and I only had so much money. Right. So like in the <laughs> beginning, so yeah, the, the resources we like, have, yeah. Right. So in the beginning, I have time, I don't have money. So I'm trading more time to gain more skills to get by, right? So like I learned how to build a website. I learned how to, but not well, like you said, like I'm, you know, I just- Passable. To, yeah, passable to get a website online that's enough, you know? And then, but then when I had more money and I don't want to manage the website, um, and, you know, I'm doing okay, but it could be better, right? So like, okay, what's, what's the number that I got to reach that I'm going to now invest the whatever $300 a month it's going to be to have a professional website um, and like a team essentially dedicated to that. So, yeah, and, and, and honestly, like there's still times where I'm like, I'm doing more than I need to do. Um, and I, I have, I actually have five, like I have four, um, uh, restaurant franchises and I have the gym and I have, I've done real, I, you know, build, build, split real estate yeah. occasionally. So time is no longer. So longer. now time is, oh, yeah, yeah, time is way more valuable. So now it's just, you know, it's just asking who can do, who not how, like, I don't want to learn how to, uh, you know, whatever, build a set of stairs. I want to find the person to do it. I don't want to <laughs> learn how to, so, um, that, yeah, that's it. I mean, I didn't have a full-time manager at the gym until like three years ago. Now I have yep. a full-time manager and I realized, wow, like, why did I not? I wish I did this ago? a long yeah, time exactly. ago. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, so, but maybe I would have overextended back then. Like, I don't know. So that those are like, sure. kind of like what you have to figure Hindsight's out. Hindsight's a way. big thing in, in running a gym or running any business. Hindsight is, is a key yeah. factor in all of this. I want to, I want to explore the next step. Obviously we get leads from a variety of sources, but when somebody's interested in coming to the gym and whatever capacity that means, Walk me through some of the checkpoints of how they actually sign up. Tell me about mm -hmm. that sales process front to back. 
Yeah, so this is where we, what I would say, I, you know, everybody's different. And I know there's other places that do it it's very similar, but we deviated from like the more traditional sales process, right? So the first thing was um, I I played with, with uh, um, uh, pattern or disruption advertising, you know, finding, get disrupting people's Instagram or swiping or whatever. Oh, cool ad. Let me click it. I might be interested. Let me click it. I only get either referrals or search advertise or search leads, which means that everybody that comes in my door was already searching for us. I didn't disrupt their, their day and catch them with something, which is great, but it's a different type of lead. So if you, those are the leads that you're getting, what I'm about to tell you may not apply. Being the fact that every single person was either recommended to come in there. And the only reason somebody's recommended is because somebody was kind of asking questions, right? Or they Googled us and they found us. Yeah. Um, we're not so twisting people's arms. Right. So I already know that every single person that walks in is a warm lead. There's zero cold leads, right? And they probably want to sign up. So. Um, so we, uh, generally like if it's a, uh, referral, then normally like we just work with the person, whoever referred them on bringing them to the class with that person. If it's a web lead, most of the time we just text them. We do 90, 95% of our communication via text. Now people don't like answering the phone. I only call them if they ask to be called. Um, and then, uh, we get them scheduled for an intro class. We make sure the man, like the manager or somebody is there to, walk them through, give them a tour of the whole facility. We have obviously, I have all my, my belts up and awards and, you know, this is who these people are and this is the room. We have multiple rooms. Um, and going, kind of going back to what you were saying about like investing in the marketing, part of our marketing is our facility, right? So like we're, oh, yeah. not, on main, we're not on Main Street, but we have 10,000 square feet. Nobody in our area has 10,000 square feet, right? So like as soon as they walk in the door, like – they're in, it's in, it's, it's part of the marketing. It's like, holy crap, this place is huge. You know, like we have a giant mat for one room. We have a little bit of a smaller mat for another room, but it's still bigger than half of the gyms. Actually, it's probably bigger than like 80, 90% of the gyms in the area, just our one mat. And that's our small mat, right? So like, that's part of our marketing, all this stuff. So we give them a tour, you know, kind of give them a guide, um, introduce them, always introduce them to the coach. So the coach knows that they're new, tell them exactly what they're going to be doing. So that, you know, we never want somebody to feel stupid or be fear, like be worried about feeling stupid because they're already going to be dealing with that in learning a very difficult martial art, right? Like that's in the beginning, jujitsu in particular, all of these are brand new motions that you're going to kind of feel awkward and stupid when you're first learning how to do it. So we want to make sure that's the only thing because we can't take that away. That's just going to be what yeah. it is. There's a certain um, level of intimidation. Discomfort. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's just a level of discomfort, right? But if everything else is like, here's where our bathrooms are, here's where you're going to walk, here's where you're going to stand, here's, you know, every, here's who you're going to work with. Like, if we kind of hold their hand through that, um, they're comfortable. And then, again, the culture is huge, right? So at the, ev the end of every single class, we line up, we bow in, we bow out, right? But we also tell them, we introduce the new people, we clap for them for their first class. Hey, you know, awesome job. You did, you know, you took that step. And hey, everybody, make sure you introduce yourself. So now they got, you know, 20, 30, 40 people that go up to them, ask them their name, shake their hand. How you doing? Whatever. Five or six of them are going to be like, are you going to sign up? It like, they're they going to come the up. We put, we just 
we slide our thing in front of them. We don't do any kind of, um, of like leading them through a sales, a sale at that point, we just show them the prices and there may be things that we could do for some of the, the ones that we don't close. Um, you know, we follow up, whatever, but in terms of like closing on the spot, uh, but again, it's just our mantra for what we do is I don't want anybody to ever feel like they were sold. I want them to be like, these are the prices. Cool. Which one works for you? I got to think about it. Okay. What do you guys think? Like, I might do like, we might do like minor, minor, um, objection, um, dealing with objections, very minor. Okay. No problem. But we just try to reschedule them for the next class if they're going to walk out the door. But our close rate is super high because like I said, they already wanted to do it. They already kind of know what the price is. That's the other problem with pattern interruption, right? If it's just like, oh, it's like a gym, then they think it's like 30 bucks a month. And then I'm showing them something that's $180, $200 a month. They're going to be like, what the? I didn't know it was this much. Somebody that was already doing the research kind of understands how much they probably saw it. Yeah. You know, or at least have an idea. Yeah. It makes I want to I want to summarize yeah. a lot of what you said because yeah yeah I know I can talk I can I, I can ramble so feel free to cut me off anytime it's all good and so I think first and foremost in the to follow up to the marketing conversation we had we need to have something worth marketing right. before we start marketing the product 100%. has been the center of what you talk about it whether it's the facility right. the service the experience all of these things it's selling itself and so when we talk about the sales process like you said. There's not a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. There's things that happen every time. Yes. But it's not complex. Right. Which is key to all of this because we can recreate it time and time again. It's not like mm -hmm. person A is going to have this experience. Person B is going to have this experience. Right. This is incredibly recreatable is, is the word that I'm Consistent. Using, but consistent. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as time goes on, we can function as a business and we can plug and play different people and it doesn't need to be Andy hosting that conversation every single time. Right. I think a lot of the time when I talk to gyms in, in this type of conversation, the only time people sign up is when they talk to the owner because the owner is the only one that knows the process, Right. which is a slippery slope for working 60, 70, 80 hours a week and not really seeing a ton of growth. As yeah. you move forward on all of this, Andy, you've mentioned we're in a pretty good spot. We love the location. Paint me a picture of, of the future of pure mm -hmm. MMA in your mind. Where's this whole thing going? So, you know, I, I for myself, I'm always, um, you know, always reaching, always trying to push the bar. Um, some just, uh, yeah. like, I, I think for the gym itself, um, continued growth we've, we've been maintaining. I mean, obviously COVID was dealing with that whole situation was a lot, but, um, we came out bigger on the other side, stronger on the other side. Um, and, uh, and now it's, you know, there's, there's still things kind of on our back end that I'm trying to clean up to make it even more efficient and more consistent, um, to be able to kind of pick up and move if I want to, which I do eventually buy our own our own building um, to have more flexibility on like what we can do with the building, um, maybe a little bit better of a layout. Uh, you know, right now it, we're in a shared space. And when you have 600 members, you got a lot of people looking to park, you know, and having 
uh, part it's yeah, like yeah. literally it's the bane of my existence in this gym is uh is is parking having lots <laughs> yeah is like the parking situation yeah so i mean that's a perfect world is is that's kind of the goal um and then uh and then you know as far as the programs themselves like just continuing to expand without getting ahead of ourselves it's actually funny i did a a, a podcast a few months ago and somebody was asking about it and they were like, you know, you have your pedal to the floor. I was like, I actually don't. About three years ago, right after COVID, um, and we started to, or no, two, I guess last year, it was, it was after that period. Actually, probably a little bit before COVID too. I realized that our growth rate was too fast and I wouldn't be able to sustain some of the programs. And I didn't want to compromise. The, it's a good problem um, to have, but still a problem. It's a great, It's a great problem to have. But what ended up happening was, I actually had more programs that I have now and I was running out of space and for, for the programs that were flourishing and the other programs. And I didn't want to like disappoint the instructors of the other programs, but at the end of the day, I basically had to pull my foot off the gas where like, yep. and I tried to direct, I tried to put more focus on the programs that were not as big and allow them to kind of like grow where I had more space, but the big, our main like kind of meat and potatoes program, I needed to like, slow i didn't want to kill the growth because i didn't want to like momentum is huge yeah, in, in but business. controlled burn right? but control it because i needed to be able to figure things out if we got to like okay you know my primary program let's say there's 400 people or 300 people but what happens when there's 700 people i don't know where they're going to go you know and i don't know where they're going to park i don't know like how, how many and i don't have any room on my schedule to add classes maybe like early morning or whatever i can pull it split it out a minute a little bit so it was like a legitimate thing um part of that was pricing right so i was like okay we're, we're gonna have to raise our prices and not like i always kind of came in like my pricing was always like i wanted to i wanted to be the 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 apple computer for the dell prices you know like i wanted to be the best product on the market but when they went to the second best product they had to pay more for it so people were like if somebody it's funny if somebody went to another gym and came back to us um or came to a second like they we, we were the second gym they were shopping we didn't even we just were like here's the prices we just showed we didn't even we skipped everything else we still do it we skip everything we're like cool here's our gym we just show them the gym and then we show them the prices everybody signs up because because of that reason but yep. that's what happens is you end up with a lot more people but your price per person is a little bit lower so that's a situation and i didn't want to do it but i did have to kind of increase to control that that growth and then also like become more efficient overall. So long, I guess to, to wrap it up, is like, I'm trying to figure out how I can get from this around 600 member to like, to if, if I doubled, how could I do it? Cause I think I can, I actually think I could pretty easily if I actually put my pedal to the floor again, but I don't know, I don't know where I'm going to put them. So do I need a second facility? Do I get a facility right. that's big enough? Right. Where do these people park? I don't know how to do it. Yeah. You know, like that's something that I'm trying to figure out. Um, or do I just say, okay, slow down this growth and then start a second facility somewhere else, which is something that I'm thinking about doing. Like I spend a lot of time in Florida. I am thinking about doing a branch in Florida and maybe going down that road instead. So this is where I'm like deciding what's next. I don't, I don't, I this can't is the it. fun of entrepreneurship. Yeah, though. I know. This but is, this is what I love about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, this is the, the best part. I mean, far better than trying to scrape by and not having enough people. Yeah. This is a much better problem to solve. But it's, it's if right. you yeah. have this earned reputation for 10 years of providing top-notch service, 
if you suddenly go from six to 1200, can't, these people, can't, the service is yeah. inevitably going to suffer. It's going to suffer. And that's the thing is I don't want it to suffer. So do you charge more to keep your numbers lower, right? Uh, where like you price certain people out and then you can maintain the service. But like, like that's hard for me because I started when I was young. I started doing jujitsu when I was 16, 17 years old. So like I would have been the guy that was priced out. And like I... That's it was harsh. It, it became it became my whole life, and I don't want. I I believe in like a jujitsu for everybody, a martial arts for everybody. Like I want to be inclusive. I want everybody to. I don't want it to be like oh, you know, like I can't. I I'm, I don't want to price too many people out. You know, so that's where um that's where it's difficult for me, and that's like yeah. again. So then for me, it's so, like okay, well, do I just go the route of finding other places to bring higher income? You know what I mean? And then just let this thing, whatever, and just try to like somehow keep it below that, like, I guess, 800 person mark. I, I don't know what the number is that it starts to really falter on the quality. It'll be interesting to see how this all shapes up, because I think, yeah, we'll see. I, I think, I mean, you're certainly not the first person to, to come across this type of challenge, but yeah, how we address that challenge is going to be momentous in, in the history of this, at least. We're running a bit shy on time here, Andy, but I want to save a minute for you to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about Pure MMA. What's the website? What are the social media links? How can people find you guys? Yeah, um, so puremma.com, simple, P-U-R-E-M-M-A.com. And then we're in Rockaway, New Jersey. So anybody in the area, come visit. Free trial for anybody that wants to check it out. For any of our programs, try Jitsu, try Muay Thai, try the fitness classes. Um, my Instagram is Andy underscore main. Uh, my Instagram is basically all, uh, just martial arts reels. Basically, uh, I teach just like jujitsu, mostly jujitsu, jujitsu, MMA stuff, um, all that kind of stuff. So like I put a lot, it's kind of on brand with that. Um, so give me a follow, uh, if you're interested in that kind of thing and, um, yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Happy to have you to everyone who tuned in. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.